that shapes up like this. Our first guest of the week, feel guilty saying that on a Tuesday yeah. in some respects. Uh, anyways, um, Alec Bussey will join us at the bottom of the hour. CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Uh, he will be here uh talk about uh, what we saw last night, uh, what this means. Uh, Nate Shieldhouse maybe means a little bit more, him leaving the football program, uh, becoming a passing coordinator at uh, with the Rams in the NFL. Uh, but that's a blow. I don't think you can sugarcoat this one. Shieldhouse, he is, was a rising star in the football of. Uh, business and he took it to the next level yesterday uh with his first of um you know i guess i would think multiple steps on the ladder towards the top but anyways alec bussey on iowa state topics coming up at the bottom of the hour shelby mast our bracketologist bracketwag.com he will join us coming up here at eleven fifty. what did purdue's loss to ohio state Ooh. can you trust no you the answer is no obviously no, <laughs> but what is it about this team <laughs> There's times that, you know, it's weird. I mean, all three losses all came on the road. None of them against elite level teams, no. though, right? No. Just solid teams. Ohio State's a talented team, not a good basketball team. Uh-huh. They just fired their coach. Right. And maybe that's gave them the bump that they needed. It made me feel very old to see Diebler was the interim head yeah. coach. Did you see him after the game, by the way? He needed a moment. Good for him. <laughs> yes, he did. Good for him. And uh, what did the players think? It was Thornton said he was shaking. Like his hands right? were shaking when he was talking to them in the huddle <laughs> nice. before the game. So, like, Coach, you need to relax oh, a little bit. That's funny. Yeah, it, but a big upset. Yeah. And who do you trust in college basketball? Well, you trust UConn. I, I, and they play uh, just down the road, Nomont tonight, don't they? They do, yeah. Pretty big spot tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. You trust UConn. And then, um, well, we shall see. Maybe Houston. Maybe. We'll get to that in a second. Boy, oh boy, that defense. Yikes. Both teams. Both yes, teams defensively right. uh, last night. Um, and in hour number two, we'll uh, preview Iowa on the road at Michigan State, Breslin Center, the scene. Uh, we will talk to Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye. So Looking Bill, the Breslin Center opened during his career, right? It's it might close. Been, yeah, right at the end. I don't know if it was the final year of the might, old building. Yeah, and it might have been. Because I want to say that the Chris Street game, their first game yeah. back after the passing of Chris Street, I don't know if that was the first year the Breslin Center was open or the second year. It would have been early, it in, was the, very early, early yeah. in the building's uh, history. Um, and until a couple of years ago, that was the only time that I would won in the Breslin wild, Center. Wild, wild. They've actually had some success against Michigan State as of late. We'll see if it carries over tonight. So much to get to. Daytona 500 yesterday. They raced that thing, huh? They did Friday okay. uh, or Saturday. Well, Sunday, rather, was rained out. Uh, got it in Yes, I saw the final 15 laps. Turned on to it just at the end of a hockey game. Okay. Uh, turned over waiting for uh, the start of the Iowa State game and saw the, I guess, maybe the right 15 laps. Uh, finishing under caution. That's not the way you want to finish a race, but I get it. But it was the big one. I mean, there was a major wreck. Well, there was a wreck on the, uh, to end it well, but not the, not the big one. I don't know. It's just not for me. I get people that watch it, and hats mm-hmm. off to you, but um, it's just not anything that moves my needle. Tried. Maybe if Caitlin Clark drove a car, we'd get into it. <laughs> that would do it for you? Yeah. Something like that. I tried, you know, back in the 90s uh-huh. when it felt like everybody was jumping aboard the bandwagon. Uh-huh. I just couldn't do it. I'm with you, Trent. I'm, I'm not a gearhead. Nope. Not a car guy. Nope, nor am I. I went to races as a kid on an old mm-hmm. dirt track up in Cresco, did those kind of things. 
just not for me. And no. Everybody has their thing, and right. we're not going to try to fool you. Absolutely not. <laughs> if it's over the tips of our skis, yeah. A, you'll know, and B, we'll tell you. Right, yes. Um, because it'll become very apparent. But uh, just a great weekend in sports, I thought, even though, man, it just felt weird with no football, right? Yeah. And no football, well, at least just get through this week, it'll be back next week. Uh, that is not the case. So let's take a look at basketball. We'll start with last night. We'll work our way backwards. Okay. Because uh, I want to touch on Drake as well. All of a sudden, the val- is it open with Indiana State oh, circling no the drain? Yes. Right? The, I, do- the doggies keep winning. Now, their schedule's more difficult. It is. But we said that before Indiana State started circling the drain a little bit here. I mean, to lose two games, okay, that's fine. To lose to those teams. Mm-hmm. Indiana State, the resume still is okay. They're 31 in the net, but it is it is dropping very quickly. And for Indiana State, their wing room's gone now. I mean, they have to win out. Uh-huh. So we're, what we're saying is we're, sadly, at one-bid league again. With the way that they're playing down the stretch, yeah, probably because their net was something that you know gets uh, would get the committee's attention. I mm-hmm. would think. Let's start with last night. Let's go back to it. Um, sheds the player of the year in the conference. Yeah, we've had this conversation, and we talked about some other games. We talked about obviously Dickinson and McCullough, Kansas. Yeah, talked about you yeah. know Pops Isaac from mm-hmm. Texas Tech mm-hmm. and a few other guys. And I mean, Lipsy's going to get some. Uh, yeah, um, but no, Ray Tim, J. Dennis. Yeah. You can talk about different guys. It's but yeah. Shed. It's, it's Shed. All they, day long, it is Jamal Shed, who is as good a player uh, as there is in the Big 12 this year. And I, for my money, college basketball's best conference. Some people would will argue otherwise. But not only on the offensive end of the floor, what he did to Lipsy last right. night, Trent, that's as bad as Taman Lipsy has looked in a long time. And not only couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with his shot, which was contested most of the time, but he turned the ball over six times. Mm-hmm. That is untamed and Lipsy like. Um, this is just a. They were walking into an ambush, is what they were walking into last night. A, you beat Houston to open the uh, uh, open the Big Twelve season at Hilton. Uh, they had a little payback that was circled on their schedule after they got back. Uh, that they knew that they got Iowa State again. Two good defenses, ton of hype leading up to the game. ESPN switching the game, making sure that the majority of the eyeballs watching college basketball would see that last night. All things pointed to the Cougars and they led every step of the way. They did. Yet, even in a game where everything certainly was stacked against Iowa State, you had... Breslin Center opened in 89. Apparently. Oh, okay. So it's yep. been around a while. Yep. Even longer than I thought. Um, everything stacked as you kind of laid out there. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, all right. Tough to beat a team twice. Mm-hmm. Certainly a team this good. You're going on the road. You're playing for supremacy. And they hung with them. In a game where they didn't play well. No. Did they get it under five? It was five a bunch. Did they get it to three at one point? I thought there might have been a three. It was mostly fives. Yes, yeah. And when they would when they would start to feel like, all right, here comes this little run, she had other ideas. Well, and the thing that I was, from an Iowa State perspective, really impressed by is every time during the second half it'd get up to eight, Iowa State would answer. Yeah. And they'd get it back to five. Mm-hmm. And they had a response every single time. Mm-hmm. And that thing never ballooned up to 15. Nope. It never got to that point. Got to double digits a couple times. Yep. And they came right back. Now, a lot of it was three-point shooting. Sure, seven there were seven or nine in the, nine second. In the yeah. second half. I mean, you shoot like that, that's yep. going to help out. Mm-hmm. Trey King had some monstrous ones. He played really well, Trey. He did. And Robert Jones played really well. Banging with those big bodies mm-hmm. down low. I mean, that's all you can expect from, from uh, Robert Jones, I thought. I thought he played well. This is not to paint a picture that everything's all glowing and great, but I walked away incredibly impressed by Iowa State last night. Mm-hmm. In that environment, on that stage, to mm-hmm. do that against that team, mm-hmm. the way that they're able to clutch and grab and yep. hold and, and play that kind of style. And yet you went 
blow for blow with them on the uh-huh. road. And if we get part three. Oh, my God. In Kansas City mm-hmm. on a neutral. Well, you can't even call it a neutral it won't floor. Be, right. Yeah, I guess it technically it would be. But, but a decided right. Iowa State home, home oh court advantage. Oh, my God. The Cardinal and Gold in the, in, the, in the building for that one is going to be... Uh, um, I mean, it's, it's going to be sight to behold is what it's going to be. I hope we get it. ESPN hopes we get it. Yeah. Fran Fraschill and company hope we get it. Gilbert was uh, was good in the game last night. I thought he was good. Curtis Jones was good in the game last night. But at the end of the day, there was too much sharp and too much shed. Yes. Yeah, those, those were the two guys. The two guys. Yeah. guys. Uh, Cryer did not have a good game. Uh, T.J. Otzelberger, his demeanor, the way he coaches. Um, and Chris pointed this out a couple of weeks ago, and I guess I didn't notice, that it is not T.J. Otzelberger's style to rant and rave. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not, you're never going to see him, or I shouldn't say, never's a long time. Something might, you know, flip his switch. But rarely. But rarely, right. That he's going to, you know, go off. I mean, like a Fran McCaffrey. He's just not, that. they're totally opposites. Mm -hmm. And there was a point in the game that there was a was a um, it was just a terrible call. It was a foul call on one of the clones when one of the Cougars was dribbling the ball and lost control of the ball, and the ball actually went into whoever Cyclone was guarding, and it was just a complete miss. And TJ had the official beside him, and they were showing TJ close up, and he you could read his lips as to what he was saying. And I want to get in front of me here. Okay. Um, I'm not going to yell at you. That's not my style. <laughs> Said exactly what was been laid out, right? Yeah. I'm not going to yell at you. That's not my style. Um, and I have no problem with it. That's mm-hmm. not his style, right? And maybe you know you get more flies with honey, right? Mm-hmm. At the end, maybe this works in his favor. Maybe the officials know it. Well, this guy's never embarrassed me in the past before. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. Psychologically, I mean, the guy's not going to go out of his way to give TJ a break, mm-hmm. but. You know, we're humans, right? We're all human. And you have to be the way that you are. And there's no changing it. No. It's very difficult. Right. Tom Izzo totally is agree. going to rant and rave and pound yep. up and down that sideline for 40 minutes. Yep. Bo Ryan, he worked officials to an absolute nub. That's yep. what he did yep. from the opening whistle uh-huh. until 40 minutes were done. He was going to work an official. Fran McCaffrey, the problem that I have is not when he freaks out. It's that he goes from zero to one hundred in a second. There, there's no middle ground, right? Yes, You're 100% and that's right. the problem because yep. he'll go from smiling and laughing to absolutely losing yep. his mind, yep. and that's how you get quick tactical falls. But yep. national media obviously don't see that; they just see the blowout, mm-hmm. and that's what goes. And for Otz, I believe if that's your style, if that's the way that you are built, doing it that way and saying those kind of things yep. ultimately is going to help you. Look, Iowa State plays a particular style. And if there's a crew that comes in and they're going to call every clutch they're and, and grab a team that they're playing, yeah. it's going to be shooting 45 free throws. A bunch throws. of free throws. Yep. A but bunch of free throws. That's an excellent point. You go in right away. This is the way we play. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm and TJ wasn't even looking at the official. He was yeah. looking forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's standing right beside him when he's saying, I'm not going to yell at you. That's not my style. It's plain as the nose on my face. That's exactly what he said. And it's great. Uh-huh. To have that and be able to get that, yeah. actually. Uh, you, you told me about the gif of him as he was gritting his teeth. <laughs> that, was the, that was the call. <laughs> or that was the call that, uh, that led to the official coming over and TJ having that, conver- that polite conversation mm-hmm. with him. But that, Matt Van Winkle, Matty, uh, uh, Staddy Van Winkle, that, that one's going to live on the internet. And not only in basketball circles, this is going to be picked up and used by what re- numerous conversations on X. You have another style on the other side with Kelvin Sampson. 
person. Yeah, and the way that totally he does different. things. Yeah. And he is somebody that works officials. But he, he ran down the floor the other day. <laughs> he did, yes. <laughs> he <laughs> ran into the paint. Well, and, and think about, you know, from that Iowa State perspective, we see Scott Drew get ejected for the first time in his career mm-hmm. against Iowa State. Yep. We see Bill Self get a technical fall. Yep. That doesn't happen very often. No. Who'd it come against? Iowa State. State. Texas Tech on the weekend, same deal. And you have a coach on the other side that is very calm. Yep. That is not going to dress you down. Yep. Is not going to do those kind of things that we see so many coaches. Maybe that's something that actually yep. works. It can work both ways. Because I've seen it, and I know you have too. Oh, why does it not get after the officials? Yeah, sure. Here? Maybe there's a rhyme behind mm-hmm. it. Maybe there's a mm-hmm. reason that there, mm-hmm. he goes that route because ultimately it's a good thing. Now, last night, I thought Iowa State got a bad whistle. I think it tilted. There are a couple of times where, I mean, just... Life on the road, though, yeah, right? It, it's going yeah. to happen. It wasn't ultimately the difference of the game. No. Houston was better. But Iowa I, State... They were last night, yep. In a game where I, I Iowa State... I think they are perfect. overall... Yes. A touch better. Uh-huh. They're national title contender. They are. Iowa State's elite eight contender. Absolutely. I think that's a fair way to put uh-huh. it. The gap, though, is not significant between mm-hmm. the two. And a night where you have a career-type night from Shed. Yep. You get Cryer doing his thing. Sharp was good at times. Mm-hmm. All those guys playing at that level, and you had a puncher's chance they with did. five minutes to go. They did. I think most everybody had signed up for that one. No, on I, I'm with you. This was a really, these were two elite teams uh, in the conference. Um, Houston jumped out to a lead. Iowa State hung around the entire game. They just couldn't close the gap. And um, look, the, the number came out, it was, what did I see? 10, 10 and a half, I think, is where the, where the number first started. It started to go down during the day. In fact, I think. It tipped its. Did it go off at seven and a half or eight and a half? I saw. I never saw seven and a half. You never saw yeah. seven and a half? Okay. And I was looking at it pretty up, pretty much until the end. I saw uh-huh. the closing line at Circle was eight. I think mostly eight and a half. So. Okay. Yeah. There were a lot of eight and a half. So yep. there's. And it did get to ten and a half briefly, or am I making am I dreaming? It might have opened up somewhere there. At 10 yeah, and I think half, it did. Yeah. That and was then, too many. And then fell. Um, so Curtis Jones free throws at the end of the <laughs> game. Uh, and then they went with relevant. the trap, and then they pulled it back, and as I had an Iowa State plus 8.5 ticket, uh-huh, I uh-huh. celebrated that victory. You know, I was lamenting my college basketball last week on Thursday. Yes. Went 3-0 and on Friday, 500 on Saturday, 6-1, and and followed it up with a 5-1 and yesterday. Disney. We're heating back up. So, you, so you've turned things around. We're getting it figured out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get Jeff in here, then we'll move on. We'll talk about Iowa uh, uh, knocking off Wisconsin again, Michigan State tonight. We're going to work back on the weekend. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Doing well. Uh, let's first start with uh, last night. Um, Houston's environment. Come on, guys. Let, that, 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 they're trying to say this is one of the best environments in the Big 12. They don't hold a candle to Fog Allen. Or Hilton Magic. I'm sorry. They have seven, eight thousand people. Seventy one hundred, I think, is the is let, the capacity. Let, let, let's stop that. That that's a joke. So Duke's I, I not a good uh, environment. Cameron Indoor's not a good environment. We're talking Cameron Indoor and Houston's environment here. Well, you just mentioned the attendance. That's the only thing you brought up. I did, but they're trying to. Well, they're comparing it to Hilton and Fog Allen. I think that I think they're in a class of its own in the Big Twelve. Am I wrong there? Uh, no, no, it's a good not. environment. Oh, it's good. No, no, it's good. But is it as great as Fog Allen or no? Or no, Hilton? no, no. Okay, okay. That's all I was trying to say first. But to who said that? We didn't say that, did we? No, no, no. Fran, I was talking about what they said. Gotcha. On well, Fran's a cheerleader. Yeah, 
He's not going to come in and say this to my By the himself. way, speaking of that, Jeff, we'll get right back to you. So, did you see Seth Greenberg and Chris Hassel going at each other on Twitter no, last night? No. Really good. And Hassel was absolutely oh. spot on. Really? And had the video to prove it. In fact, forced Seth Greenberg to, at halftime, revisit what he said and mm. denied that he said it. And Hassel called him out and got him for it. Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, to start the game offensively, this what this is what scares me. Move the ball side to side, east to west, for about 18 seconds, yeah. and then they can't create with a straight line drive for about 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. They had about eight turnovers, and they had eight points at the 10 minute mark. Right now, they were in they were they were in the game. But come tournament time, that will bite you in the butt. Yeah, but I'm not sure they're going to see a team that guards mm-hmm. you the way Houston does, nope. Jeff. But there's there's some there's some tight rims in the NCAA tournament. We've Fair. seen shooting teams go cold, and that could be the mo of the Cyclones. Just I, I hope I'm just throwing it out there. Yep. Okay, let me give you this down the road. We've talked about this before. When you need a guy to get you a bucket, when you need a when there's a guy that can get you 17, 19 points consistently, who is that on the Cyclones team? I think it's got to be Gilbert. Monchilovich gets the opportunity. I mean, it depends what night you watch him. I want it to be Monchilovich, but I think right now it's Gilbert. Gilbert, down the road, his stats, he's not consistent no. enough. So if it's not, you know, that's what's going to scare me. When they need a bucket down the stretch, the guy that's just going to go out there and get it, they don't have that. Now, is their team, like, let's say from top to bottom, 12, 14 points? Yeah, that's fine. But in a game with, with two minutes left, throw me on your back and you feel confident? Well, it's not guy, Lipsy. I'm sorry, it's just not Lipsy. And he worked his, his you-know-what off, sorry. And, and Jeff, this it's summer. not in a vacuum. I mean, look around the country and look at the other teams. Take UConn, put them aside. And even take Houston aside. Who else in that next team? An Elite Eight game. You're taking on Arizona. This is a team with five losses this year. Tennessee's got six. Auburn's got six. Alabama's got seven. Illinois, North Carolina, Duke, Baylor. These are the teams we're talking about here. Out of that group, Iowa State is as well-equipped as anybody and like Ken said, you're not going to play another defense the way Houston does it. Trent, I totally agree with you. Uh, you're, you're spot on, and I'll just leave you with this. And, and you guys know this. You guys talked about turnovers. They, when you're going onto a road in a, in, a, in a big environment like that or going down to Kansas City, you can't come out there that first 10, 12 minutes and have those kind of turnovers. They touched that up. Trey King, I thought, had a, a, a very good game for the three-point line. He had a, a nice stroke going. Um, and then you got Jones off the bench. Trent, you are 100% right. You take out those couple teams, Iowa State is right there in the mix. Oh, Iowa, you guys have a good day. All right, see you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. My, my mouse is, in bro- is broken. So okay. I'm, I'm having trouble anyway. I got you. Um, yeah, I'm trying to signal Trent that I can't uh, say goodbye to Jeff. Um, yeah, I mean, look at Houston's and, and Iowa State are the two best defensive teams in the country. I think certainly the two best teams I've seen. Uh, do I want to see this game again? I absolutely do. I think the country would sign for this. I, I Saturday would, night and second weekend in March, bring it on. I'm excited to see what the numbers come out of this are. You know, we're not talking about blue blood programs here. Houston mm-hmm. has been good recently, but they're not that. Iowa State is not at that kind of level. But what this TV number does, without a Kansas being involved, without yeah. Texas being involved, and kind of what those numbers are. Because what was it up against? Nothing. Nothing. Well, you had K-State, Texas on ESPN2. On the deuce, two, yeah. And I think a MEAC game on ESPNU. Yeah, yeah there wasn't much. There yeah, wasn't. it should look at... Um, no NBA. 
No NBA, no NBA good point. Yeah. Celebrities in attendance. Well, a bunch of NFL players in mm-hmm. attendance. Um, I, I I guess I didn't hear Fischilda say that it's one of the best environments in the Big 12. Well, it is one of the best. It's just not better than right. Kansas or Iowa two, State. There's two of them yeah. that we know right now that are better than it. And there's a huge gap. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas Tech has a good environment for good games. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We've also seen 4,000 people in that building mm-hmm. in a matchup against Iowa State. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's not it's not what Hilton is all the time. Certainly even when Iowa State's down. And and fog is on another level. I think it's one of the top three buildings in all of uh, in all of men's or, or college basketball, quite honestly. But Jeff, it can't be because it's small. No, no. Cameron Indoor. Cameron Indoor, perfect <laughs> yeah. example. Uh, college football playoff has determined what the format is going to look like. So it's going to be a five and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, five conference champions. Five conference, which means the AAC is going to get one, right? Well, potentially, or the Mountain West, or the Sun Belt, or whoever is the top. Non group of four now, not group of five. Gotcha. No Black so the the top the top group of five champion would get that other one. Yes, because automatic bids for the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, ACC. and the ACC. So yep. those four yep. automatics plus the top then remaining mm-hmm. conference champion that comes from the outside structure mm-hmm. this year. So Boise might get it. Yes. Well, SMU is going to the ACC. I guess it won't be them. No, it won't be them. Here's what we would have got this year. Um, here's the buys. The top four teams get buys. Uh-huh. Michigan, Alabama, Washington, and Texas. On the top of the bracket, Michigan would have played the winner of Oregon and Mizzou. That's good. Alabama, the four seed, would have played the winner of Florida State and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Washington, the two seed, as we move to the bottom of the bracket, would have played the winner of Ohio State, Penn State. <laughs> Don't love that we get that game again, but they would have manipulated it, it though. What's that? They would have manipulated it, though. Probably so. Yes. <laughs> Probably so. They will manipulate the bracket. Yes, it's not indeed yes. they will. Yeah. And this would, going forward, would be an all-SEC. Um, Texas would await the winner of Georgia and Old Miss. Hmm. Old Miss would have been the 11. The 12 was Oklahoma. Boy, oh boy. This is, what we're in. this is what's in store. This is what's coming. And I guess ESPN is now, now that they've said how much they're going to spend for the college football player, they didn't know what they were buying. <laughs> right. Yeah, right? Exactly, how, who yeah. does that? Yeah, well, you want to keep everybody else out. I guess. We talked about this when this first announcement came down with the TV deal. Right. $7.8 billion. And you said, well, that's a lot of money. And I told you, I had read some industry things that said people believe they were a little bit shortchanged mm-hmm. because it didn't go out to bid. It didn't go to open market that they left money on the table. And now, as we find out, this is not a done deal. And Ross Dellinger with Yahoo is always doing a great job. He's really good, isn't he? He's excellent. And there's more to be had, because how do you make it work? Well, what does the NFL do? Do they just give it to one property? I don't think so, Trent. No, who all has their hands in it? Fox, CBS, NBC. Peacock got a playoff game this year. Yes, absolutely. And that's a connection with NBC. NBC. You got Amazon. You got Mm -hmm. four different competings. You got streamers in there. That's how you build up, obviously, what you're going to get equity-wise. What did the Big Ten do? The last big conference that went out to bid? They didn't just say yes to ESPN. Nope. They continued their relationship with Fox. Ended CBS's relationship with the SEC. And CBS was willing to spend money, uh-huh. not for the A game, no, nope. not for the number one, but they wanted to be in the business. Yep. So the thing that ESPN wanted more than anything is they wanted every national championship mm-hmm. and basically the final four. That was the part of it. We're going to pay right now. We'll pay for everything. We want, though, to know that we're going to have the national championship. Well, Fox, CBS, NBC... 
they're not going to bid for a single first round game right. or even a quarterfinal when you can't be part of that rotation. Right. Now, ultimately, does it become ESPN has a majority of it? Absolutely. Looks like it. Yeah. But if you're Fox, hey, let's buy a first-round game, a Mm quarterfinal, a semifinal, and every three years we get the national championship. That's something that's palpable. Sure. And that's something that I think Fox or a CBS or an NBC absolutely be willing. Do you go out for a single one of the first-round or quarterfinal games and say, let's see what we can get from Amazon. Let's see what we can get from a streamer out there. Got $110 million from Peacock for an NFL playoff game. Mm-hmm. Can we get 50? Can we get 60? Can we get 70? Whatever that number <clears throat> is, whatever that is, though, you're leaving money on the table when you just put it under I one think, umbrella. You know where else they're leaving money on the table? And your marks all over this one. He thinks that you should separate basketball and football mm-hmm. from any television discussions. He thinks basketball is severely undervalued in this equation. I can't say that he's wrong. And I mean, look at basketball this year. Yes. Look at this. It's going to be a compelling tournament. Uh-huh. I believe that college sports as a whole and the NCAA left money on the table by not separating women's basketball mm-hmm. when they put everything else under one umbrella, field hockey and wrestling and right. baseball yeah. and softball. And right. They were just under one. They would have put that out to bid. After what we saw last mm. year, I think they left money on the table there. Now, I understand the way that ESPN promotes, it's very difficult for us to quantify what that is. And for the other sports, like football doesn't need the promotion that the other sports do. But for women's basketball, they do a great job. And if you do separate that, what does that mean for volleyball, which is increasing, and softball and those kind of things? If those fall by the wayside, that's bad as a whole for the NCAA. So I could understand that one. The football one, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like we're probably going to the spot that it should be. Going to be more money there and an opportunity at minimum to go out to bid. Um, just real quick, Drake had Murray State in town. This was supposed to be a close game. This was a tra- this was a an opportunity for the Bulldogs to trip up. They pounded the Racers. I mean, they didn't give them a chance. Did not give them a chance. Indiana State's going the wrong way. Drake, on the other hand, I don't know what does this mean. It certainly looks as though it's a one bid conference going forward. That uh, whoever wins St. Louis is in. And I mean, I, I don't even think if you get to the final. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a pathway? Drake is now up to 44th in the country. So that's, in the that's a significant jump. That is moving up there. They are 2-1 and one in Quadrant 1, 3-1 and one in Quadrant 2, so 5-2 and two overall in that quadrant. Now, three Quad 3 losses, that's the part that kind of stings for you. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a difficult war to get over there. You win your Final Four, Belmont at UNI, at UIC, and home for Bradley. You get to the championship game. Likely at that point, your net's probably going to be in the 30s. Maybe a neutral court win against Bradley, coupled with a win at the end of the season. You get another quad one or quad two victory in there. Potentially, you can get there. I know it sucks, but you got to be yeah. a Bradley fan because nobody likes Bradley. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Alec Bussey on Iowa State. We'll talk to him. Where did they turn? Nate Shillhouse is a ram. That's a blow. I don't know how you spin this. Uh, um, I mean, what's the positive? Mm. There isn't. There isn't, right? No. And where? Who do you turn to? Pretty late in the in the uh, uh, on the calendar. I mean, I wondered why John Haycock was the only coach that was tweeting out the spring schedule. Mm. Um, maybe putting two two together in hindsight. We'll take a time out. Alec Bussey joins Trent and I. We come back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. Hi, Miller and.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And then welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Alec Bussey momentarily. Uh, before that tonight, game watch tonight, Wellman's uh, in Westgate, correct? Is that West Des Moines? West, West Glen. Glen. West yes. Glen. West Glen. There used to be a golf course when you moved to town over there. That was the nine hole, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Ponderosa. Yeah. Ponderosa. Um, it's but, a little different over there these days. Whew. So my wife's found Trader Joe's. Oh yes. So we've yeah. been there a few. I have. Um, it's just amazing how much it's grown, and the hotels mm-hmm. shows me how much I get out of Ankeny, right? Not very much. Well, I'll be at Wellman's tonight, and just want to see this Hawkeye team play well. We'll get into that more with late looking Bill, but Wellman's is the spot to be tonight, six to eight o'clock. Looking forward to that. And our friends from Circa are going to yes. be there, so um, stop on by. Let's get to some Iowa State conversation going. Alec Bussey from CycloneAlert.com, part of. 24-7 sports. He joins us. Alec Trenton. Ken, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Man, we saw a couple of just... Uh, that was a... Um, you know, it gets tossed around a bunch of rock fight. That was a physical, physical basketball game. Just two teams getting after each other defensively. Shots were uh, not easy to come by last night, but boy, oh boy, I think I speak for all of college basketball fandom when I say, man, I hope we get this for a third time. Not saying the result will be different. I just want to watch it again, Alec. It was really fun. Yeah, I had a ton of fun watching last night's game. I had a ton of fun watching the game earlier in the season at Helen Coliseum. I just think that, um, you know, a lot of people may not find last night's game to be an eye-pleaser or find it to be super entertaining because offense was hard to come by. But I find the way that those two teams play to be incredibly enjoying um, to watch. They play so hard. They play with so much aggressiveness. Um, There's a curiosity to the way they play, um, and I find – great enjoyment out of watching the way Houston plays and watching the way Iowa State plays. So it's certainly been a lot of fun to watch them play twice. And if they get to play a third time in the Big 12 tournament or in the NCAA tournament somehow, I'm going to be very excited for it because I love watching these two teams play against each other. Physical brand of basketball that you're watching in that one. Uh, We had a caller earlier, and it's something late in shot clock. You don't want to just hoist up to hoist up right now. They're not going to play a defense the rest of the year unless they play Houston again. That is like Houston, but... Those late shot clock situations, who's the guy you want the ball in? Who's who's the guy that is the go-to guy, either late in game or just late in shot clock situations, you want to see the ball the most with, Alec? Um, right now, I think I go with Keyshawn Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's as merged as Iowa State leading scorer. Uh, he's averaging close to 14 points a game. I think it is on the year at this point. And I think he's starting to prove himself as the best bucket getter on the team. Whereas, you know, I think Taman is more of a creator for Iowa State's backcourt. I think Gilbert is more of a bucket getter. We've also seen him kind of 
increase his confidence as a shooter. I know he passed one up in the first half from beyond the arc last night, but he had two in the second half that were pretty consequential. He had three against Texas Tech on Saturday. Um, I think that Keyshawn Gilbert is one of the reasons why you've seen Iowa State's offense kind of move into the top 40 of Kevin Palm's offensive efficiency numbers. Um, and he's been doing his emergence at a really key time because, you know, Momsilovich hasn't shot the ball very well. Um, obviously, Tateman has been a little bit inconsistent. Um, so I think that what you've really kind of seen with what Keyshawn has given them and what Curtis Jones has given them off the bench as a sixth man who plays close to 30 minutes a game is two guys who are capable of getting shot. So I think that Keyshawn would be my answer um, because he's also proven to be a pretty good decision maker as a passer. I think he had four or five assists last night. He had four or five assists. I think it was against Texas Tech as well. Um, I'm not sure that Jamal Shedd won the Big Ten Player of the Year last night, but he certainly didn't hurt his chances. What a performance on both ends of the floor. I mean, he completely took Taman Lipsy out of his game. Not too many games you're going to see Lipsy turn it over six times while shooting as poorly as he did. Meanwhile, Shedd's not only playing defense, but is, he, led the, he led both teams in scoring. What a performance out of what I feel is the soon-to-be anointed Big 12 Player of the Year. Yeah, he certainly is the favorite to be the Big 12 player of the year. And it's kind of funny when you think back to where we were in maybe December, um, it felt like the award was probably Kevin McCullers to lose in the way that Jamal Shedd has played and McCullers kind of battling a knee injury and the struggles that Kansas has maybe had, especially on the road, um, seemed to have kind of allowed Shedd to emerge. Um, I had a buddy this morning send me a stat about Jamal Shedd because we're both big Jamal Shedd appreciators. Mm -hmm. Um, He is one of just three players who is, six foot one or shorter um, to have a box plus minus of 13 in a single season. And the other two are Ty Lawson and Mario Chalmers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that puts into a pretty good perspective of how good Jamal Shedd has been. And if you want to go up a little bit in height um, to six, three, you also get Steph Curry um, in the equation. So Jamal Shedd has been awesome for Houston. His toughness, his uh, on ball defense is incredible. Um, and then he's just such a good leader and, it's super clear how much Kelvin Sampson kind of trusts him and believes in him as a leader, as as a orchestrator, table setter, um, big shot maker, all of the things that you want from a senior point guard, Jamal Shedd gives Houston. And I think it's one of the reasons why um, this Cougar team looks like they're primed to be a number one seed again and look like they're primed to make it to another second weekend for, I think what would be the fourth or fifth consecutive NCAA tournament. Hmm disappointing one last night would obviously love to put in the win column as it pertains to the regular season race, but with what Iowa State has now going forward, they are favored in all five games remaining, uh, including 19 coming up this weekend against West Virginia, but they're favored in every game. On the other side, Houston still has to go to Baylor, to Oklahoma, to UCF, which has been a house of horrors for most everybody, plus you get a home game against Kansas in there. It's not over. You're only a game back in the uh, win column right now, from Houston at this point, there's still a lot to play for for Iowa State, not just as it pertains to seeding. That regular season crown's not gone yet. No, I don't think it should be viewed as being gone um, either. Obviously, you look at the rest of Iowa State's schedule. I feel pretty confident that they're going to end the regular season um, winning five games in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kansas State's very good. Um, their offense has been anemic and really bad, so that's the game I feel pretty confident in. And Iowa State winning just with how good their defense is. I think they've got the opportunity to completely blow out West Virginia. I think that they'll handle Oklahoma at Houghton Coliseum. The two games that concern me are on the road at UCS. We talked about them kind of being a pretty good road team. Um, 
or excuse me, home team this season. They obviously have the win against KU. Um, they also uh, beat Oklahoma at home this year, I believe it was. But I find it to be difficult to think of Iowa State losing to UCF or Houston losing to UCF just because of how good their defense is. Um, I think that that keeps them in every single game. I think each team has enough guys they can rely on to get them buckets, whether it's Shed for Houston or any of the three guys in Iowa State's backcourt. I should include LJ Cryer for Houston as well. Um, but I think that that is what makes these two teams, both at least in my opinion, no doubt top 10 teams in the country. I really think that these two teams are really, really good. I think that they're both primed to potentially make it to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament, barring an upset. Yep. Um, and it all starts on the defensive side for each group. No, it is so much. It's 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 so fun to watch. Let's uh, turn to, to football. Uh, Iowa State got some um, this this point. I mean, I don't know how you can spin this <laughs> yeah. if you're a cyclone. Nate Shieldhouse was instrumental not only in on uh, as the offensive coordinator. This is the closer in a lot of living rooms over the past few years. Apparently, and I I mean I, I'm not there with him obviously, but I hear the stories. And, and you talk to the kids that he ends up uh, getting to commit to Iowa State. Shieldhouse is an A plus recruiter where do they turn to how big of a a blow is it considering i mean we're in the middle of february for crying out loud how about those yeah the timing is certainly unfortunate for for iowa state um it kind of comes at an unfortunate spot too because they still don't have a running backs coach named at least publicly yet so you've now got two vacancies on the offensive staff We'll have to see what happens um, with the offensive coordinating position. We know that Matt Campbell loves continuity. Uh, we know that he believes a lot in fit and hiring people that he has worked with before and that he is comfortable with. It, a growing trend that you've kind of seen here in the last couple of years is offensive line coaches being used as coordinators um, on the offensive side of the ball. I wouldn't be completely shocked Um to see Ryan Clinton be promoted Whoa. to Iowa State's mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. I'm not predicting it. I certainly don't have any information uh-huh. saying that that is going to happen. Um, but that's a move that I wouldn't be surprised to see that happens. You talked about um, the impact that Shuhouse had on the recruiting trail and the ability that he had to connect with, with players. I think Ryan Clinton is really good at those things. Offensive line coaches coach the biggest position group not only in terms of like physical size, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of numbers. Like there's more players on an offensive line depth chart than there are any other position group on any roster. Um, and if you can establish yourself with a good offensive line, you generally are have a pretty good opportunity to be a pretty good play caller. Um, think of someone like Sharon Moore, obviously is kind of rose mm-hmm. to fame after being an offensive line coach at Michigan. Um, just as an example of someone who's kind of done it. So I think that's an opportunity, but I think what Matt Campbell really has to um, kind of diagnose and observe with the whole situation is if you make that move to promote from within, who becomes a quarterback coach? Um, I think Kyle Kemp would be a gay, would be a guy on staff that you could certainly promote to that former Cyclone quarterback. He's on staff, I believe, now as a GA or quality control assistant um, or an analyst. So he's someone who could be promoted to a quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And I'm just looking, Clanton was the co-offensive coordinator in his final year at UNI. I did not know that. Yeah, 2022, he yep. was there and the OC, and they increased uh, their offensive yardage and points per game that season with him as the offensive coordinator. Um, 
Kansas City aspect, that's where he recruited. That was Shieldhouse's kind of wheelhouse and brought in a ton of talent from the KC area. Is that probably where they're looking then to find somebody that has those kind of connections or make inroads down in Kansas City when you're looking at? It doesn't have to be, obviously, as an offensive coach, just kind of wherever a person would fit. But that's an important area, as you know, recruiting-wise, right, for Iowa State. Yeah, Kansas City is certainly an area that she lost recruited pretty well and was pretty active in. I do think it's worth mentioning that since he moved into the coordinating position prior to last season, his role as a recruiter wasn't as big. It's pretty common now for coordinators to not have as big of a role in recruiting because there's so much that goes into game planning um, in that position. So I do think that that's worth noting. But yeah, certainly Schultz was important as a recruiter for Iowa State. He was involved um, in the recruitment of Alex Mansky, who obviously is the 2025 quarterback pledge. Right now he committed on the first day of February, I believe it was. So that's a relationship that you know Iowa State feels comfortable with. They feel confident um, in the relationship that Bansky and, you know, Matt Campbell built, but there is a comfortability knowing who your offensive coordinator is going to be in right now. That's not there. Um, now, I don't think that, you know, Cyclone fans should be concerned about losing Matthew's commitment because of the departure of Nate Shieldhouse right now. Um, but it's certainly something mm-hmm. to kind of think about because, you know, Shieldhouse was super important in, in living rooms and as a recruiter, especially with quarterbacks, and um, was a big part in the development and success that Rocco Beck had in his first season as Iowa State starter. Uh, last thing for me, uh, the uh, spring football schedule released. It starts a month from tomorrow. So timing-wise, um, I mean, they can get the offensive coordinator named in that time and get him here. But at the same time saying that, um, time is at a premium for to get this done, right? It is. I, I think you would want a pretty quick turnaround with it. Yeah. Um, certainly faster than what's happened with the running back um, coaching position. But – you have to get it right at the same time um, because you can't just, especially with how many pieces they have returning offensively. You talked about Rocco Beck, um, their top two receivers. They feel good about um, Ben Bramer at tight end. So you're returning I think, three of your top four receivers. Um, when you factor- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. During the two receivers in Bramer, who might have actually finished third in total receiving yards. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember exactly what it is. Um, and then obviously you're confident in the potential that Abusama has at, at tailback. So they need to get the position right. They need to do something that, you know, certainly Matt Campbell's comfortable and confident in um, with the offensive coordinating position. And, um, you know, whoever is calling plays, I think he's going to be stepping into a good spot because Ruckelback's a pretty good quarterback. He's got two good receivers to hit. And if passing game, a quality tight end um, and a running back that they're confident that they can kind of improve the offensive line. Um, in a run-blocking standpoint, I think that Iowa State's offense has the ability to be a pretty good group next year. Alec Bussey, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Any promoting you'd like to do before we let you go, Alec? Yeah, I'm actually about to hit publish on a story about Iowa State's NCAA tournament resume, so you guys can check that out this afternoon. Um, That's free. We will have an offensive coordinating hot board um, (laughs) a lot later this afternoon, this evening, that fans will probably want to check out as well, and then um, I would say it sends out a lot of invites for junior day prospects to come see Iowa State practice. 
um, for spring football. So make sure to check those out throughout the week. And then on Friday, we are going to continue posting a pretty long, pretty in-depth VIP update that uh, Cyclone fans have certainly found to be interesting on the website. So good time to subscribe to the website. We've been posting some good VIP updates um, later in the weeks. And then we've got uh, some other stuff going up as well. So great time to subscribe. Alec Bussey, CycloneAlert.com. Alec, we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for popping on. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the day. Yep. Thank you. Alec Bussey as we check in on the Cyclones. We'll check in on Shelby Mass Bracket, BracketWag.com. What happened to Purdue? Did that uh, loss to Ohio State knock them down a peg or two last night? Did it have anything to do uh, with Shelby's latest bracket? He joins us as we come back. Miller and Condon. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's go to the bracket, shall we? Shelby Mass. Uh, bracketwag.com. Bracketwag.com is uh, where we go to and we need some 411 on the bracket, and he joins us. Hello, Shelby. Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. As always, we appreciate it as we get closer and closer every conversation we have to you without actually having one in front of us. So let's start with um, with Purdue. Most people thought it's UConn and Purdue. It's Purdue and it's UConn, and then there's a gap to that next team. I saw a team last night that I think is really good in Houston. We'll save that. But uh, Purdue getting knocked off the way that they did by a team who just fired their coach, the Buckeyes and the Big Ten, not having the best of years, and yet they beat Purdue. What did that do to your bracket, if anything, Shelby? Well, it knocked Purdue from the number one overall down to second overall. Not bad. But teams generally, when they fire a coach midseason, their team reacts either one of two ways. They fold the tent and go home or they play inspired for the new coach. And I think that's what Ohio State did. That's a tough situation for Purdue, but I don't think that was a horrible loss. I'm looking through the net, and UConn has been incredible. What they did, obviously, over the weekend to Marquette, they get Creighton tonight, yet they're still number four in the net rankings. Is it as simple as, you know, there's not an awful loss on the resume. They lost to Seton Hall, the other loss came on the road at Kansas in a game where UConn wasn't full strength. Is it because they lost that game to Seton Hall by 15? Is that the reason that they're down at four at net? Able to figure the net out. <laughs> I mean, you've got good teams. I'm a South Carolina. I'm not a huge Gamecock fan or supporter, but how can that team be ranked 59 yeah. in the net? That doesn't make sense to me or to anyone, I don't think. So I... I don't put a lot of stock into the net ranking, but it's a good tool to have for sorting, but so is the RPI. Uh, Houston-Iowa State was a terrific uh, defensively played basketball game last night. Both teams really struggling to get to the basket, which we expected going in. Uh, Samson's team's awful good, Shelby. They they are. Um, is there an opportunity for them to maybe get past Purdue, I don't think that they'll knock off UConn as the number one overall seed, but as the number two overall seed, uh, Houston's kind of ceiling when this bracket, in this bracket this year? I think so, but the thing about it is that the top four seeds right now, they're going to go to the regions they right. prefer. That's a good point. Yeah. No matter where you start one through four, as long as you're up there, you're going to go where you need to go. Yeah, Arizona the West, mm-hmm. uh, Houston would go to Dallas. Detroit would see Purdue and UConn and Boston. So that's a very good point, Shelby. Well, it's not going to be that easy by the time we get to Selection (laughs) Sunday. No, they're not going to make it that easy on you, Shelby, and do it. Hey, I see you from time to time. You post your updated bracket every single day, um, and you always put that up on Twitter. 
you talk every once in a while about scrubbing, going through and scrubbing the bracket. If you can describe that process a little bit, and, and when you or other bracketologists are talking about you're going through and scrubbing thing, what does that exactly mean? Well, I go through every team that I have in the tournament and those just outside, and I compare resumes. Like, so my top four seeds, I go through and I make sure that everything is still copacetic. I, you know, who has the good wins, bad losses, whatever. And I kind of break it down and just rank each team one through 68. And that's how, that's what the committee does. That's what they call scrubbing. Uh, Indiana State going the wrong way. Drake's arrow is pointing up. Uh, these two are going to, at least we think, uh, collide in St. Louis, hopefully on Sunday. It's it, You've always said since we started uh, the 2024 bracket uh, countdown with you that the Valley was going to be a one-bid league. We made uh, we found a path for it to be two, thinking it's all the time that boys could need A, B, and C to happen for that even to have a chance. Boys, looking more and more, Shelby, that regardless down the stretch that this is only going to be a one-bid league, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is. That's too bad. Uh, Indiana State has kind of shot themselves in the foot, uh, losing a couple games. Uh, two losses like that isn't bad, but Illinois State at home, you can't do that and, and hope to get that large in the situation they're in. Uh, I hope and pray that other bubble teams fall off so we get to, but I just don't see that couple of uh, Big Ten neighbors I want to get your perspective on. Wisconsin, as we saw Iowa get them in Carver on Saturday, obviously going the wrong way. How impactful that's been as they were sneaking up there and potentially have one seed and since then have lost five out of six. And then our neighbors to the West, Nebraska, certainly a bubble team right now. They're great at home. On the road's a different conversation. Your thoughts on the Badgers and the Huskers? Yeah, Badgers are kind of letting some water in the boat. Uh, They Better turn it around. They're they're going to be in the tournament, but the seed is to be determined. Uh, I, you know, the committee on Saturday had them as the four seed. Yeah, right. I, you know, I moved them down to a five with that great nice win. So uh, I think they they could fall to about seven or eight, but you know, stay afloat. They'll be in that five or six range. Nebraska, I really like them. I want them to be in. But it's a numbers game, and you got to get some good road wins, and they're kind of iffy right now. Shelby Mass, BracketWag.com, BracketWag.com. Shelby, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Uh, appreciate it as always. Thanks for doing this, Shelby. I'm good. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Shelby Mast, as we check in on the latest bracket with BracketWag.com. Purdue, Houston. It sets up perfectly. Yeah, the does. regions are perfect. It does. UConn of the East. And look at the Elite Arizona Eight. Arizona of the West. If seeds would play out. UConn, Carolina. Purdue, Tennessee. Houston, Marquette. And Arizona, Con- Kansas in the Elite Eight. Hello. <laughs> Hour two coming up next. Wade looking. Bill on the Hawks. Miller and Conda. Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.